Hi everyone uh, and welcome to our podcast. Uh, my name is Damien uh, and I'm a partner in the Herbert Smith Freehills corporate team here in Japan. Today I'm delighted to welcome our Shanghai managing partner and a leader in our China corporate team, uh, Nanda Lau. Nanda has some great experience uh, advising clients on their China-related cross-border transactions and she's here today to explain to us in a bit more detail uh, about the new China Foreign Investment Law, which came into effect earlier this year, as many people will know. Nanda, thank, thank you very much for joining us today, uh, and we look forward to your insights on the key takeaways for foreign investors and how to navigate the new FAL regime in China. Thank you very much for having me, Damien. A pleasure, of course. Okay, so uh, we'll run this like a, a short Q&A session, actually. Uh, and if, if I may, I'll just jump straight into our first question. So yep, starting with the basics, what, what are the key features of the foreign investment law regime? And, and how does that differ from the previous framework that had been in place for, for foreign investors? Yes, the foreign investment law replaces the decades-old law governing foreign investment in China. It is actually the most significant legislative development in foreign investment for decades and will have a profound impact on foreign investment in China. So I summarize here a few key um, features. First of all, under the regime, China takes a negative list approach towards foreign investment which basically means that only foreign investment falling within the negative list will be subject to foreign investment restrictions. Foreign investment outside the negative list will enjoy national treatment. It aims to create a level playing field for foreign investors. And the negative list has been reviewed very regularly and shortened significantly over the past few years. Secondly, the foreign investment law strengthens um, intellectual property protection, particularly forced technology transfers by governmental authorities through administrative measures are now specifically prohibited. Thirdly, foreign exchange control has also been liberalized under the new regime. The highlight is that ordinary non-investment foreign investor enterprises are now permitted to convert foreign exchange capital into renminbi, um, the local currency of China, for equity investments in China. In the past, ordinary non-investment foreign invested enterprises were not allowed to do so without special approval from the China foreign uh, exchange regulator. And only some special types of foreign invested enterprises, for example, holding or investment companies, could do so. This new liberalization would allow foreign investors more flexibility in deal structuring when investing in China, which is a very positive development. Fourthly, uh, foreign uh, investment law also streamlines and simplifies the approval and registration procedures for setting up or acquiring companies in China. The MOSCOM approval under the old regime is now no longer required for most foreign investment projects. Instead, uh, foreign and invested enterprises only need to report certain information to MOFCOM on, online, which is now really, really straightforward. The last point I would like to share is that under the new law, 
all foreign invested enterprises are required to comply with the go uh, corporate governance structures in accordance with the PLC company law, subject to a five-year transitional period, that is by the 1st of January 2025. Um, the current uh, governance structure of a foreign invested company uh, is based on the old laws which were inconsistent with the PRC company law in many aspects. For example, under the old JV law, the board of directors of a Zino foreign joint venture is the highest authority of a JV, and certain fundamental matters like amending the article association, changing the register capital, merger, the merger, or dissolution, liquidation, etc., require unanimous board approval. However, under the uh, PRC company law, the highest authority of a company is its shareholders' meeting with certain uh, fundamental matters requiring only the approval of two-thirds of the voting rights. And the new foreign investment law requires that by the 1st of January 2025, all existing foreign investor enterprises must reform their governance structures to be in line with the PLC company law requirements. Thank, thanks very much, Nanda. That sounds like there's some, some pretty material changes um, have occurred there. Uh, and I guess that in some respects flows into the, the next question, which is essentially how will the new foreign investment law regime impact multinational businesses in China? And, and what do you think are the key points for foreign investors to bear in mind um, to ensure they can successfully leverage this, this new regime? Sorry, I, I guess that's a that's a two-part question, but the relationship between uh, Japan and China continues to be strong, you know, despite some economic tensions in the region, and many of our, our clients here in Japan will find this quite useful, I think. Yes, that, that's all very good questions, Damien. Um, well, I think firstly, um, the effort shorter negative list under the new regime means more opportunities for foreign investment in China. As I said, over the years, um, China has been shortening the negative list and opening up more industries to foreign investors, such as financial services industry, medical institutions, automobile, telecommunication, and education industry. Foreign investors are seizing these new opportunities to enter the Chinese market or expand their China businesses. For example, um, China lifted foreign shareholding restrictions completely this year for securities, fund management, futures, and life insurance companies. So that's why foreign investment in the financial services sectors is now quite hot. Recently, Japan securities groups like Nomura and Dawa have received regulatory approvals to launch their majority-owned securities joint ventures in China. And secondly, as I said, um, all the existing foreign investment enterprises must convert their governance structures to comply with the PRC company law by the 1st of January 2025. Um, this will involve changes to the decision-making mechanisms, voting rights, board quorum, and possibly a management nomination rights of the existing foreign investor enterprises. So constitutional documents like article association and also joint venture contracts may need to be amended. And for joint ventures, this could also potentially open the gate for renegotiation with your joint venture partners, which could extend beyond the governance issues to other commercial issues. And then, um, 
thirdly, I think the new regime is also impacting the execution and timeline of M&A and investment project in China, of course, in a more positive way. Generally speaking, the approval and registration process in China now is more streamlined and has been shortened. However, um, companies may encounter practical issues during the initial implementation phase of the new regime because local authorities are still trying to get themselves familiar with the uh, new rules. So therefore, there may be some technical issues with the local procedures and online platforms, etc. So foreign investors should be prepared for potential procedural delays and uncertainties at the local level at the very initial stage. And last but not least, um, I think um, the foreign investment law regime will also have an impact on future investment strategies and structures in China. With the liberalization of the foreign exchange control regime, um, there will be more uh, alternative funding options for China investment and businesses. And we also anticipate that uh, the legal regimes governing strategic foreign investment in Chinese listed companies and also rules for Chinese holding companies and foreign invested partnership enterprises will be revised in the near future to be uh, more in line with the new regime. Thanks, Nanda. That's um, uh, some very helpful and, and practical takeaways there, and I, I think that also helps to highlight the opportunities that will arise for foreign investors to capitalize on going forward. Um, that usually leads to considerable internal consideration and, and debate, particularly within Japanese corporates. And I'd like to focus our final question, given the time, uh, on this point. And namely, what, what are the, sort of the main points for multinational corporations and foreign investors as they review their own China investment strategies? Yes, um, we do expect that more new rules and regulations, including local regulations, will come up in the near future to further implement the new law and to replace the legacy rules and practices under the old legal regime. So uh, Japanese investors should keep a close eye on the regulatory um, developments and the resulting opportunities and challenges. And then we will also suggest uh, foreign investors to review their own China businesses determine whether and how your company may be impacted by the new law. This would include a review of your wholly owned subsidiaries, joint ventures, ongoing and planned project investment in China. If you have an existing joint venture in China, we would also suggest you to consider how to engage your JV partners when transitioning to the new governance structure required under the new law. For example, you should weigh your position against your uh, JV partners whether you're the majority, minority, or is it a 50-50 JV, what's your bargaining position, whether there are any legacy issues you would like to take the opportunity to resolve, and also contemplate whether there are any commercial or governance issues that your JV partner is likely to raise. And to sum up, um, foreign investors should carry out an internal assessment, uh, then formulate the right strategies and implementation plans, and also to determine how to allocate internal and external resources to help you to implement the plan and strategy with the support of your legal advisors as necessary. And to assist companies navigating the new regulatory regime, uh, we have very recently launched our 2020 edition of the China Investment Guide, which covers the changes brought by the new law. 
So if you would like to receive a copy of our new guide, please feel free to reach out to us. Thanks, Nanda. That, that guide sounds um, particularly useful, and your comments as well, very, very helpful. I'm sure all our listeners uh, would agree. Thank you again for being here with us today uh, and for sharing those insights from on the ground there in China. And thank you to all our listeners who have tuned in. Um, if anyone has any questions about today's podcast, uh, as Nanda says, please don't hesitate to get in touch with herself, uh, myself, or your usual Herbert Smith Freehills contact. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.